Hey folks, what is going on? Welcome to Nintendo Dads episode 200 and, I don't know, something, something, 90? 0.5? I don't know. Maybe you're like, wait, haven't we heard this before? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Justin Jabbers, where I jabber with you, cause my name is Justin. I don't know, that's a, it's a working jingle. It's a working jingle in process. Uh, folks, what is going on? Man, I am... Well, if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, man, there's that horrible background noise again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm in my vehicle again. In our last episode of Justin Jabbers, I dropped my children off at their grandparents. Guess what I'm doing now? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that six-day vacation respite where we send the children away and my wife and I spend some quality time together comes to an end, so I'm going for a three-hour car ride to pick up my kids and three-hour car ride back. So here we are. Is it, does that mean this is going to be a six-hour podcast? No, that'd be ridiculous, although let's see what happens. I'm just kidding you. Um, yeah, so let's, you know, let's, I'll jump, I'll jump into, uh, I don't know, like, Jesse's going to hate me because he's going to be like, yeah, I, mean, I can't edit anything. So I'm just going to jabber here for a little bit and chat. Um, speaking of parenting, interestingly enough, so, uh, my wife, Jody and I, uh, this was the first time in six years, we realized this, six years where our children were gone from us for an extended period of time. Now, of course, they had gone to their grandparents before, Jody and I had gone on dates before, like, you know, you're getting a little bit of time away from the kiddos for a couple hours, maybe a day or two. But nothing for an extended amount of time. As a matter of fact, the last time we had done that was our 10-year wedding anniversary, where we traveled to New York and spent a week there. Um, and so the other interesting part was, it was almost paralyzing. We were actually stuck with this, like, didn't really know what to do, um, because we didn't have a kids. It was such an odd experience. Um, eventually, we found our way and made some plans, and Kind of was like, you know, hey, let's go out for dinner or take or we can go out for dinner because COVID, you know, so we did take away and brought it in and stuff like that and just spent some time reconnecting and went on like a road trip and like, yeah, so so that, that was good. But it was such an odd thing from a parenting perspective to not um, to just kind of like, you know, I guess just be with your partner and, and not have the kids there and, and not, you know, be. It also felt like you had to be very mindful with our time, right? Because we don't get it very often. It felt like, oh, no, we need to do this and this. And why aren't we going out to the mountains? And why don't we get a hotel? And why don't we go travel? And, of course, all of this is on the backdrop of COVID and isolation and quarantine. And so it was it was a very weird uh, experience in the end. So uh, I digress. We're going to go pick up the kids. Um, yeah, so that's that was, you know, that's that's been that's been something. Um, yeah, that's usually with this, this banter back and forth. I will, I guess, just that's my banter. Hopefully you're well. Hopefully you're staying healthy during this, this COVID time. Speaking of COVID and healthy, we see that Marty is returning to the show this week. Excited to have him back on as well. Uh, he's, he's been missed, so I think he's excited uh, to join us as well. Now, I won't be on the show this week. Uh, I've got, unfortunately, uh, some uh, other plans for July 23rd. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and hopefully you guys also enjoy these little, like, 30-minute to an hour little, like, clips, the Justin Jabbers chats that I'm doing here. Um, if you do, like, you know, feel free to let me know. Like, send a message to Nintendo Dad's DM or, 
or just send, let me know if that's if it's cool. Again, I know the uh, mic quality isn't the greatest, so I apologize. It's being recorded on an iPhone as I'm driving, and I know that Jesse does a lot of work in post-production to try and clean up some of that noise filter. Big shout-out to Jesse for all that as well. I basically send him a raw audio file and say, here, sir, could you make something good of this? Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, you can polish a pile of poop. It's still a pile of poop, but it just looks shinier. <laughs> so nonetheless, uh, folks, let's jump right into the news. Jesse, insert news bumper here. And of course, the news is brought to us by, well, you lovely folks over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. Woo, it has been uh, a week, folks. It has been a relatively big week for our wonderful Patreon folks. I shouldn't say it's been a big week, but this week we revealed on July 20th the brand new Nintendo Dads logo. All of our social media feeds should be updated at this point. Big thanks to Tim, who went out and did all that work there. Um, and then on our podcast feed, the new logo should be appearing. It uh, may take a little bit of time to catch up on CastBox and all those other feeds. So you should see our new logo. Seems to have been received really well, so great. Thank you so much for all that. I'm glad uh, that you have that you are enjoying that. Uh, and, of course, our Patreon folk got early access, got first look at that, um, and we got some really great positive feedback as well. Well, I'm here speaking of our new logo. Our new logo's design was done by Adam Leonard. Uh, we love Adam, Mega Dads. We support him. He's a fantastic friend of the show. Uh, so, obviously, if you're looking for maybe customized or commission work, check out Adam. But I want to also mention that our new video intros and outro bumpers that you'll see on our videos on YouTube were done by Dan Caparella uh, or the Block Fort, Fort, Block Fort, Block Fort, Block Fort. I was like, what? I'm missing some here. One of the amazing hosts of Dad, Dad Crossings. Um, so he just did an absolutely tremendous job. If you're looking for some video work, uh, hit up Dan as well. He's an amazing guy. So, uh, folks, I digress. Again, everything's brought to you by the amazing folks over at Patreon.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's jump into the news. Well, there isn't really, like, a ton of news again, but, like, let's talk a little bit about what's happened since we last had a chat. Um, so, you know, I know there's Jesse's got the Justin Was Right bumper, which he could cue right now. Justin Was Right, Justin Was Right, Justin Was Right! I don't know if he did or did. This is the hard part. But nonetheless, he could do that. Um, July 20th, we got a Nintendo... Direct Mini Developers Showcase, which, which crazily enough, that announcement by Nintendo of America, or just by Nintendo in general, both Europe and America and UK and all that, came out at like 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Sunday night. They gave, le- they gave approximately 12 hours for that notification or that knowledge for that, for that Mini to drop, or that Mini Direct to drop. Now, the internet, of course, went crazy in speculation. We found it very early on. It was like only 10 minutes, and they were focusing on, again, I'm going to take a pause here. What Nintendo did really well is they began to reset expectations and level set, right? We are talking about games you already know about. We're talking about third parties. We're talking about partners, right? Uh, so they did a really great job in, in that. They also did a really great job of framing it in that there are going to be a series of it. And I thought this was really smart because really what they're doing is they're taking the, the, the Nintendo Direct format that we're all comfortable with and they're really evolving it into separate channels 
and, and, and beginning to reset expectations in regards to those channels. So what I mean by that is that if someone says, oh, it's an Indies Direct or an Indies Showcase, we know what we're going to get there. It's going to be Indies. It's going to be those kind of games, right? So we understand that. If we get a, 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 a Nintendo Direct Mini, typically you're, they're highlighting third parties or second uh, parity developers. And if we get a Nintendo Direct, that's typically, you'll ha- you may have some <clears throat> indie coverage in there or third parties. But traditionally, that is like your, your first party mainstay content there. And so now this developer showcase, again, a great idea of just recarving out and restructuring out the format of, of that content. And they also mentioned that this was a series, uh, that this was not a one and done, and that they're going to continue to kind of do this approach as well. It actually very much reminded me of Ubisoft Forward. Um, I made a tweet about it, though. I said my argument was that this seemed less bloated than Ubisoft Forward, but I would argue that they probably could have used a little bit more than eight minutes of content. Now, that being said, although Nintendo, of course, level set uh, or, or tried to level set expectations, tried to frame up what is going on, the internet, of course, went crazy abuzz and was like, oh, we can expect the latest Mario Galaxy and this and that. Now... Maybe you're like, Justin, I subscribe to your YouTube channel, which, of course, you can go to NintendoDads at YouTube.com and find. And you're like, hey, but didn't you make a video about crazy speculations? I made a video about speculations, but they're all based somewhat in reality and a little bit of understanding the messaging. I said it would be cool if at the end they said, also, one more thing we've got a surprise about the Mario collection or what be it. Um, and I also thought perhaps we might see some information from the folks over at Bayonetta, right? Or from um, the folks maybe over at Metroid uh, for Metroid Prime. Again, potentially just depending on how, how you see that relationship, that partnership, whether you see it as a second party, third party, whatever. And it was games that were, it was announced. I digress. So the direct approximately eight minutes in the Americas, 12 minutes in Japan. What infer- what we did get was, I thought was great, um, Cadence of Hyrule got some DLC and a season pass, which was out then, or out that day, at least the first package of the DLC season pass. Um, this actually really isn't a huge shot, kind of makes sense, to be completely honest, um, because this is a Nintendo franchise, right? Um, Nintendo would support it, encourage DLC, that's been part of their strategy before. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, let's see what other games was announced. Uh, so yeah, so uh, the other games that was announced, Rogue Company was announced, or, or I shouldn't say announced, it was coming soon, watch our social, here's a teaser trailer for it. Which crazily enough, like one hour later, Jeff Keighley announced that it was live on all platforms. Um, I had no idea that was happening. I didn't watch the Jeff Keighley thing. I literally got on the eShop like an hour later to look for that Cadence of Hyrule DLC package. And all of a sudden, Rogue Company is sitting right there. And I'm like, wait, what? This is out now. I was like, this this, this, this wasn't announced, but yet it was teased to watch the social media feeds. I was like, it's so weird. But nonetheless, that game came out. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. What else did they talk about? I don't even remember what else. They- oh! Uh, Shimagami Tensei 5 and 3, so there, so 5 would, I think 5 was announced a long time ago, like when the Switch was originally announced and revealed, and 3 is a, um, 
an upgrade, or sorry, remaster. So, that's cool. If you're into those kind of games, I'm not a huge, huge fan uh, of that kind of genre or those kind of games. So, but some people I saw were really excited by it. Um, I also thought it was great to see Atlas bringing more of their content over the Nintendo Switch. We've seen them giving some love. Um, Catherine is a great example of that as well. Uh, Catherine Fullbody or whatever it is recently. So we're seeing more and more content from Atlas. So that's that's great. Um, I don't. There was another game, and I don't remember what it was. Think, Justin. Think. Everyone right now is screaming at their at their podcast or at their YouTube, being like, "It was this game. Why didn't you know? Why?" Because I'm driving, and I don't have my notes in front of me. So back off. It's all about being safe. All about being safe. Um, I'm literally trying to get my brain to, to think what it is, and I can't. I'm going to get a um actually Justin in the chat. I'm sure later. Um, yeah, so Nintendo did a did a job. They did a thing. Oh, and I guess I would say this. Over in Japan, they had two other games that were announced um, on their Nintendo Direct that had about the initial four minutes. Um, very Japanese-centric games, but I would also argue, like, Shimigami Tensei are very Japanese-centric games, usually not games that potentially would see as promoted as heavily in the West, although there's an audience for it. So it's just a very odd thing. Um, yeah, so... But I would say, I can't remember what, there's some game with the word rice in it. I can't remember. Um, that looked really cool, actually. I thought, I was like, oh, that could, that looks really, really yeah, nice, nice art style. I like that stuff. That's, uh, that is good. Yeah. So that was the, that was the direct, um, that they did. Um, we still don't know what first party title games Nintendo has up their sleeve, um, going forward. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's, it's interesting. I would have thought we would have got some information, would have got told something. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. Uh, interestingly enough, also, August 6th is when Nintendo is having their investors meeting, uh, where they talk about their last quarter, and they typically showcase what's coming up in our next quarter for games to get people excited about. So unless you're going to reveal something in the next several days uh, or weeks before the investors meeting... Um, it'll be a very interesting spot for them to go into. The other th- thing that could be occurring, and again, if we're, if we're all into wild and crazy speculation, um, is it is, you know, th- okay, get, this is, this is get the tinfoil hats on. All right, folks, this is conspiracy theory level stuff. Um, the Lego... Mario, the Lego Nintendo Lego set comes out August 1st, officially. The Mario Lego set comes out August 1st. In the Lego Nintendo NES reveal, he mentioned the, the 30, celebrating 35 years of Super Mario. I wonder if there'll be, if there's maybe some kickoff event or kickoff release or information coming out on August 1st, that would align with both of those things, of kind of like, starting August 1st, we celebrate 35 years of Mario! Um, you know, in some kind of, like, official campaign season of, I don't know, communication? That could be. Um, again, that would occur before the July 6th invest, or sorry, August 6th investors session, which would mean they at least have something on their card to talk about and to mention. Um, 
So I don't know, right? That's that's kind of kind of the crazy crazy stuff going on there. Um, I don't really know like what else to really chat about from a news perspective, uh, and I'm sure the guys will chat more about this stuff on the show as well. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a very quiet time for Nintendo, um, right? We're seeing we're seeing Xbox is getting prepared to reveal more information about their the Xbox Series uh, S, I think it's called. I don't know. Um, so yeah, and, and Nintendo just you know I think as someone described it recently, it's kind of like Nintendo's taking a little bit of a knee in 2020. Uh, and again, you know we've heard about them struggling with work from home uh, situation. Um, it is what it is, right? Like, uh, you know, we can't really, I don't know. Listen, if you're like, there's nothing to play, grr, that's a load of baloney, right? Uh, there's so many good games to play on the Switch. We all want specific things, right? Where is my Bayonetta? Where is Metroid? Where is this Mario collection? Listen, pick up your Switch, dust it off. There is a ton of content available to you. Check out, an, if you're like, I have played all of my backlog, I have played every single game out there, go go check the eShop, find something random, all right? Get some recommendations. You're not missing, you're not, there isn't a lack of things to play, um, so there's there's a little bit of like, let's not, let's not, you know, wah, 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 cry about it. There is a ton of content available, go through your backlog, finish off some of those games, um, do we always want the latest, greatest, newest, freshest game? Of course we do. Um, I think there's also a little bit of the console war um, mentality, right? This tribalism that I think we see in relation to video games. And, and we, we want to believe that we've, like, come so much further ahead and that we're, you know, so much mature and the industry is mature. and that. But I think there's this, like, but Xbox is doing this. And PlayStation is doing this, and I need Nintendo to do something amazing so I can justify why they're incredible. Sure, look it, right? If you can, if you believe in that ideals, right? And again, I think it goes back to the console war and tribalism. Then I get it. Then it feels like your team has taken the L. But let me do this. Remember how awesome 2017 was. Remember how awesome 2018 was? I'd argue 2019 pretty good. And by the way, you've got some decent games in the first half. Maybe not directly from Nintendo, but you've got games. You've got Animal Crossing. You've got Paper Mario. You've got, you know, Xenoblade, right? You've got things out there. So there's content. There's a ton of incredible indie games to play as well. So check some of those things out. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just... No, but I also get it. You're like, but Justin... Well, Justin, you're kind of, you like stoke the flames in some of these things. Sometimes, yeah, of course I do, right? Let's, we're a bit of a video game pundit, right? We're a bit of a fans of the industry. What I love for Nintendo to say, here's what's going on. And of course, I mean, that's the conversation. I'm literally spent the last 20 minutes speculating about a video game company, right? That I have no invested interest in. What I mean by that is like, they, like, they have my money, but it's like, I'm not a stockholder. I'm not a shareholder. I'm not getting officially paid for this, but we're passionate about our stuff. And I get that. But we also have to be okay that, like, 2020 is maybe a bit of a quieter year. Nintendo will tell us when they're ready. It's a bit of fun to speculate. It's a bit of fun to conspiracy theory. But when you become stuck in those ideas, stuck in the, you didn't show me Metroid Prime, so grr, I'm angry. 
They did everything in their right beforehand to tell you Metroid Prime wasn't going to be there. And you decide to make the assumption that it is going to be there, and then you're disappointed when it's not. They did their job, which was to level set expectations. And you're probably like, well, Justin, you thought Metroid Prime was going to be there, so you're responsible for fueling my expectations. No, I'm responsible for having a conversation, for thinking and for speculating. It's you that have attached your wagon to that craziness and get upset about it. Whew. I digress. And of course, when I'm saying you, I'm not meaning you, you specifically. I'm using the larger you as people in general who get upset about things. It's okay to be excited about what we're passionate about. It's okay. But you can't be mad when someone already told you something is not going to be there or tried to ex- ex- level set your expectations. It's my rant. A little bit, of, you know, it's a little bit of a parenting rant, to be honest, right? I'm sure you've had these conversations with your kids about expectations, about birthday parties or Christmases or hanging out with friends. Sometimes we have to level expectations. So I don't know, like, what's going to happen with Nintendo? I don't know. I find it so fascinating from a business perspective because here's the other reality: as disappointed as we are, like, come on, Nintendo taking a big L here, taking the knee, reminds me of the Wii U days. Man, 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 man. The reality, Nintendo is selling gangbusters, and they have. So we as fans are like, you're not having a great year. Nintendo's like, really? Because my bank account shows something very different. Because the Switch Lite, the regular Switch, Animal Crossing continues to make them bank amount of money. So financially, they're doing great. Right? So we live in a society or a consumerism abundance of like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And, and we've eaten our way through Animal Crossing and Paper Mario we've digested merely a, less than a week ago. What is the next thing? Feed my, feed my appetite of hunger for video games. Nintendo's like, how about you just slowly savor Animal Crossing? I don't know. I feel like I'm getting a lot of like emails or DMs about this saying, this was the worst episode of Nintendo Dads. Justin should be fired. Haha, ha, suckers. I don't fully get paid, and it's not really that way it works. Also, I don't know if I can get fired. I don't know. Maybe. Let's see about that. Uh, or I may have a call with HR later this week. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, by the way, HR is actually just me. I just talked to myself about it. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like, you're, you're, Maybe you agree. Maybe you disagree. Like, have a conversation. I'm okay with having a conversation about this kind of stuff. So, I don't know. Uh, and if you think that's a hot, that this has been a hot take, oh, folks, it's about to get so much hotter up in here. Uh, let's jump in to what you've been playing. Jesse, insert bumper here. All right, folks, what have I been playing? Well, I'll start off with like the low ball one, uh, the easy kind of one, and then we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a conversation here. Um, I have been playing Rogue Companies. So this just came out from High Res Studios. This was the Shadow Drop I talked about kind of on Monday. Um, interestingly enough, I had actually got a, an alpha key to this, and this is so. This is one of the reasons why this shocked me. Uh, I had an, I got an alpha key for this in middle of July. They were doing an alpha for it for the Switch. Um, but there was like a big statement out that said, 
we actually had to have a signed NDA, which was you can't, you can only say you're talking about Rogue Company, or you can only say you've played Rogue Company. Rogue Company, you cannot stream content, you can't post pictures, you can't do anything, can't debrief, just that you are playing. It's like, all right, fair enough. And the version I played, um, very similar to the version that that has been published here. Um, interestingly enough, they're still calling, they're now calling this, I think, a beta. So the alpha was July, middle, early July. This is now a beta, I believe. This will be a free-to-play game eventually, but they're doing like a founder's pack to jump into it and to, and to, and to support it. So you can actually buy a founder's pack, or like there's a starter's pack, a pack, a founder's pack, and like an ultimate pack or something. Um, I had said this, interestingly enough, before when I talked about my speculation, because Rogue Company had teased they were going to say something at the Nintendo Direct presentation. I... I'm curious if the hot breath of Apex Legends on the back of their neck at Rogue Company or at the folks over at Hi-Rez Studios help push Rogue Company out the door as quick as possible. Because I suspect when, you know, when Apex shows up, probably gone. And, and so here's here's a little bit of my commentary around this. So you, maybe you're like, do, what games is Rogue Company, like the developers behind Rogue Company, what have they done before? So... And I don't mean this disparagingly. What that company is very good at doing is figuring out where the hottest kind of trend in gaming is right now. Make a version or a not a clone, not a knockoff, but a, a close iteration of it and, um, and issue that or get that out as quick as possible. So you're still like, okay, Justin, what games have they made? So they have made Smite. Um, which is kind of a, I believe it's, it's a MOBA, as I recall. I, I, I think I have downloaded Smite, but I never played it. Um, it's, a, it's a MOBA, I'm pretty sure. The other games that you'll recognize here is Realm Royale. So Royale, it was their version of basically a Fortnite game. Uh, and it is the same idea. Like you literally jump out of a plane, or not a plane, it's a blimp in this case, and you land and you shoot. Now, they do always do some twists and deviations on the series um, to to make it interesting. Um, so that was that one. 100 players, same idea as well. I played that one for a while, Realm Royale. I think I have some footage on YouTube. You can check it out. Um, I enjoy it, right? Again, it's free. So, I, oh, no, I think I, again, I think I use like a entry pass or a founder's pack. I, I like doing that kind of stuff whenever there's a free-to-play game. I'll typically get like the first entry point um, because, you know, the developers need funds. They need money. Free-to-play games are great, but, like, I'll always buy, like, a first-year, first-time battle pass or whatever it is just to give them some funds because I think it's important. Um, so there's that one. They also made, and the one they're probably the best known for is Paladins. And Paladins is very much the, you know, the GoBots of Overwatch, right? So not quite Transformers, but there's GoBots. You know what I'm talking about. If you're a child of the 80s and 90s, you know GoBots. Right, kind of knock off Transformers. That's kind of what Paladins is to Overwatch. Again, I played Paladins for quite a while as well, but the moment Overwatch came out, I was like, "Yeah, I'm done with Paladins." Um, and I have just a ton. And, and and so so I believe that Rogue Company, in some ways, is the is the GoBots to Apex Legends. Um, and, or yeah, I think that'd be the best. That'd be the best kind of closest equation, maybe. Um, so it is a 4v4 squad-based game um, program where you have to like go in and 
and defend an area or like plant a bomb. You got some character classes. They have some abilities, some ultimates, that kind of stuff that help it out. So yeah, Rogue Company, it's pretty good. It's still a beta. They're calling it the beta. It definitely feels like there's some work. There's some polish around it still that needs to be done. Uh, I'm having fun with it. Like I've jumped on a couple times um, and, and more than a couple times. I got some matches in. I have had some cases where the matchmaking setting or wasn't great. So it's usually 4v4. I actually got into two games where it was 3v4. And that's no fun. Like we got wrecked pretty well on all of it. Um, they have laid out a roadmap for the work that they're going to be doing. And so I think that's great. Anytime that you can show developers roadmap, um, I think that's a really awesome feature. And, and so they, they do intend, I think, be investing some good time and energy into Rogue Company over the next, um, you know, probably year. So definitely check it out again. You can get the Founders Pack or the Starters Pack, whatever the heck it's called. For I think it's like less than 20 USD. Um, so that was great. Actually, they were really kind. They sent us out uh, four or five codes um, that we were able to distribute out to folks in our Discord. Um, again, part of a perk of being a part of the members of Patreon, we were able to distribute that. So that was great. Um, so yeah, check out Rogue Company. Check out uh, Rogue Company. I've been enjoying that one. So yeah. Um, what else have I been playing? A little bit of Vigor. Vigor is another one of those uh, free-to-play games that uh, that I picked up. Came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, still enjoying that. I, I jump in like daily. That is a game that literally has me on the edge of the edge of my seat every single time. It is so intense. Um, if they put like a horror skin skin on top of it, or like a, a, a Walking Dead skin on top of it, I don't think I'd play it because I'm already like my heart rate goes in that game. Because you're just sneaking around, trying to avoid other people who are trying to kill you, trying to loot, and at any time you could get killed. And it is just like on the edge of my seat. I, I wear my uh, the Steel Series headphones, and like you can hear all the sounds around you, and like where they're coming from, and you're not too sure if the walking, the creaking that you see here on the boards is that your footsteps or someone else's footsteps, and how far off are they? And it's just uh, it's a very cool game. I enjoy it. The thing I would say about Vigor is I think I'm going to enjoy it more in about six to eight months from now when they put some additional patches in it because it definitely feels like there are some some glaring gaps and holes within it that... I should say holes, that's a bad word, but it could use a couple update patches just to tighten up a couple little bits and bobs in it that, um, that are kind of gapping. Um, a great example of it being... I was in this, like, watchtower not too long ago. So you're elevated, you're above. And like, I heard this person coming, I saw them coming. So I decide to like crouch and I'm going to wait for them to walk up these stairs and then I'm going to shoot them. And yay for me. So I'm sitting there and I know he's under, under me. So I'm like, Hey, he's going to get in the stairs and come up. The only way to get up into this booth to kill me is to literally go up the stairs. There is no other way. And then all of a sudden there's one shot and I'm dead. And I was like, what just happened? And this player was on the ground and shot their pistol up into the, into the box and killed me. And I'm like, so it went through wood and killed me in my, like, it was just a weird, like, no, no, that doesn't seem right. That is not, that is not how this game works at all. And it was like a one shot. So super, super weird. Um, I digress. It was what it was. Um, but I was definitely a little disappointed, you know, as, as you would, right. As you would be disappointed on that kind of stuff. So 
Folks, man, this is this is a real journey right now. So I am I'm actually going to stop recording for a second until pausing because I pulled into the gas station and I totally need a Slurpee because it is 31 degrees outside and it is hot as craziness. So I'm going to pause and then I'm going to come back because it's going to get real hot in here because I got a hot take for all of you. All right, back in a second. Hot take. <laughs> All right, folks, we're back. Um, maybe I'm hoping that maybe Jesse puts in like some old music or something, some ambiance music. Uh, oh, and also just for quick uh, notification, uh, today's podcast is sponsored by 7-Eleven, where you can get chicken wings and wedges for a car ride. Yay! Uh, this this is not sponsored by 7-Eleven. Um, every once in a while, I'm like, maybe they'll hear us. Maybe they'll sponsor us. I also don't know if I really, I really want 7-Eleven. I'm, I'm up for it. You know what? Heck, I'm up for anyone sponsoring us. You want to talk about manscaping? You want? I don't know. You want to talk about MeUndies? Possibly. We'll figure this thing out. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I did just stop at 7-Eleven. Picked up a Slurpee. It is hot, man. It is so hot inside. Um, what's in the Slurpee cup? I hear you asking. Such a great question. Um, just, just Pepsi today. Just Pepsi. I really like, typically, the, the 7-Eleven I'm at right now, typically got like several, they've got lots of the vending, the 7-Eleven or the Slurpee dispensaries, usually like eight taps, and uh, usually, you know, there's there's the standard, there's the, uh, you know, there's the Cokes, the Orange, the Sprites, that kind of stuff, they had just weird flavor sales, like Mountain Dew, Blue Shock, and I'm like, ah, that's not right, Fuzzy Peach, that's not right, I'm looking for like root beer, maybe Dr. Pepper, maybe cream soda, Mix those in. Man, that's a, that's a great combination for this. Just straight Pepsi. So, not as, not as, uh, not as excited. But you know what? I needed a cool drink for my hot take. Hot takes! <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, I feel like, man, Justin has been throwing out the hottest of the hot takes today. This is about to get spicier for you. Ladies and gentlemen, this week, Paper Mario and the Origami King released. I picked it up. And I've been playing it. And uh, here is my general comment. I bought it as a cartridge, by the way. Not not digital download. I am fairly, almost 100% certain that the moment that cartridge comes out of my console... You know, I put it into play some Smash Brothers, maybe put it into play some uh, Mario Kart. Um, it is, it is, it is not going back in my machine. Um, I, man, I don't know, folks. And I've put in, now here's, I'm going to be honest with you, right? Um, I've put in four, maybe five hours into it. I think I haven't, here's what I'm going to say. <clears throat> It feels like four or five hours. Feels like it. Maybe it's only two hours. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you, it's definitely felt like a lot of time. So where am I in the game? So, you know, this is going to be spoiler-free-esque, but you may have already seen content, like when Nintendo did their walkthrough, a treehouse thing a week ago. Where am I currently in the game? I'm at the Red Ribbon. It's like the first world, by the way. Um, and, um, I'm at that final boss battle with the pencil crayons, the colored pencil crayons, and the red metallic case. 
That is where I am. So, um, let's talk about what I'm not a fan of. Now, here's the other thing. I've seen, like, so many people are like, oh my gosh, this is my game of the year. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I, maybe it picks up. Maybe it gets better at another point that I'm fully unaware of. Um, but guys, I'm, struggle is real with this one right now. Struggle is absolutely real. So let's talk about what I do like about it. And then let's talk about what I'm not a fan of. So what do I like about it? I find the writing really good. Like, I find that the dialogue is, is not always funny, but I, but I do find that, like, oh, that's, that's, yeah, you know, some good smiles, some good laughs. I do like those kind of things. Um, so I do find the writing engaging. The art style in this origami paper-based world, uh, Nintendo just does such a great job nailing that aesthetic. And that look, and I thought they did a really fantastic job here as well. Um, so that I'm a fan of. Um, oh, um, you know, the other thing I like about it is the, the kind of the tip of the hat to the Nintendo worlds and the Nintendo IPs, right? And the lineage that is Mario, right? Whether it's, hey, here's the... Here's the flagpole from the original Super Mario, and it pops up. And, by the way, here's a Mario Kart. And, you know, all those kind of, like, little tip-of-the-hat uh, Nintendo references. I think, that, I think those are fun. I like that. Yep, that's... That is about it, folks. So let me tell you what I really struggle with. Um, as much as I like the writing... Okay, enough. Enough with the dialogue. Enough with the, like, maybe, and actually maybe this comment just comes first. And you've, and you've seen the trailer, you know you're finding toads. I feel like if Mario passed gas, there'd be another toad that would pop up and unfold, and we would have to hear two more, two or three more speech bubbles about dialogue. Okay, I get it. There's a toad everywhere, under every corner, and it, 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 I find it. I find it actually takes away from my my journey through the game. I feel like it, it, it's making it's pulling me out of it for a second. I have to stop. I have to listen to the dialogue again. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Moving on. Um, and then, but then there's this other component of me, the completionist component, the the the, the part of me where I see the little paper shaking over there, the little folded bits and bobs, and I'm like, ah. Uh, I know what that is. I know it's Toad. Ah, uh, I need to go. I need to go hit it. It'll open up. It'll take a couple moments. We're going to have a chat. Okay, I, I should do that. I need to do that. So it's just kind of like pulling at, at me, and, and not in a positive way. And then you can go into the actual menus and be like, how many have I collected? Well, I used to I wanted to say 100. Is that 90? Is that 83? For flip's sakes. i got to go find these things again, some more of them. I don't find the world engaging enough. I want to go back and find them as well. Um, and it's not really, I'm not finding the, the need to go back and do that, other than this completion is a part of it. And again, the flip side of that is, yes, there's, like, I don't need to hear from every single toad three or four bubbles of dialogue. When the dialogue is there, it's good, it's enjoyable, but I'm like, okay, I get it, yeah. I don't need to individually know the name of every single one of these toads and have a backstory. All right? So I find that a little bit jarring. 
not enjoying that. Um, I did not enjoy, I did not enjoy the motion controls when you use the thousand folding arms trick. Did not enjoy that at all. I very quickly figured out how to turn that off. So I did that. So that was, that was kind of nice. I liked, I liked, no, I liked the option of accessibility there. Um, and then I guess the, the other, the other part that I really don't care for, and so I guess this is the other challenge, is the, is the actual battles, or the battle mechanic. I don't mind the battle mechanic. There's puzzles, spinning the puzzle, circles, and then moving the flats back and forth to stack them, and then getting to choose your weapon. That's fine. I get that. But there's no real, I, I, I'm not gaining anything from that. It's not bettering my experience. It's not like Mario is gaining HP from that or um, or experience points and he's not elevating. There's no skill tree. It's just completing the task. And, and to be honest, it's another one of those things that, like, I want to explore the world. I want to figure out what's going on. Oh, that's an interesting thing over there. And, oh, no, no, okay, i got to go to this battle. Okay, go in this battle. Yeah, I know, okay, solve, solve. You know, whack, jump, boom, okay, good, there we go, we're out, okay, now what? Like, it takes me away from it to a point that I got Mario, I, I like, actively avoided. Like, I was like, oh, there's a Goomba. Is there a way that I can run away from this Goomba or run around the Goomba and not have to deal with it? Um, so I didn't like that. And then, and then you do get to a point where you, like, you battle them enough or you become strong enough that you can actually, if you see them in the overview world, just, like, hit them with your hammer. You don't need to engage them. I was like, okay, now we're talking. Now I like that. But it's not for all of them. It's just for just for one, like, level of character enemy. So I was like, ah, oh, for flip sakes. So I'm going to take a drink of my Slurpee because my voice is getting throttled from complaining about Super Mario, Paper Mario. So hold on. Um, I just don't feel like there's, I don't feel like there's a value to it. If anything, it actually depletes my resourcing. And you're like, well, you get coins. Yeah. The coins you get, you can get, you, you sneeze and you get coins. Everything you hit, there's coins. Every hole you fill, you get coins. There's no scarcity of coins in this world for you to then go and buy stuff with. Um, so there's, so there's, so there's really like the incentive is real thin there. Um, and then in some ways there's also the, the accessibility to confetti everywhere. And you need the confetti as they showed in the treehouse to fill the holes, right, to move forward with, which is fine, but I never really felt like I was, like, lacking confetti. Or if I was, I was like, oh, the bag is red, I'd, like, turn around and then there's, like, a toad who shows up, he's like, I've got a full bag of confetti for you! You're like, alright, cool, thanks, I guess that's great. So the, the, the challenge just isn't isn't where I, I don't know, it's just, and maybe someone's like, man, once you get into the second level, it gets a lot better, I hope, because right now, I'm struggling with it, and I'm still, I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm putting in hours, last night I spent like an hour playing, just, just, just pushing through, I'm trying to make some progress, trying to engage it. You definitely feel like some ideas and concepts were borrowed, stolen, whatever you want to say, leveraged from Color Splash, right? Like, you know, here we go. Here's our paint bucket. Our, you know, replace paint bucket with confetti cannon. 
That's the sense. That's the difference, right? Oh, look, here's our here's our sidekick, our witty, snappy sidekick with information. Last time it was a paint can. Now it's an origami thing. Um. So I don't I don't know, folks. Like I said, I'm I'm genuinely like if the game comes out of my system, I don't think it's going to go back in. Um, unless I'm like, man, I'm super bored and I have finished everything, well, then I'd say it goes outside and play. Um, so I'm really hoping it gets better. And maybe you're like, well, this isn't shocking. You're also maybe like, this is not a glowing review. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, some people are like loving it. I think Marty was like, this might be my game of the year. If it is, man, I'm so happy for you. Um, that's awesome. I how just there's something I just I don't know. Maybe if there was a, a skill tree of some sort, or it felt like there the decisions were more impactful. I don't know. Now here's the other thing I am going to say. It's not necessarily a uh, walk in the park. I have died. I have seen the game over screen. Um, so didn't manage my items properly and didn't really you know, did, you know I thought you know I didn't solve the the puzzle exactly. Um. So, yes, I mean, there is some challenge there. So, I don't know. Uh, and the other part of it as well, like, the actual end boss battles is kind of a different premise where the boss is in the middle and you kind of work your way around to them. That was kind of cool. Um, but that's a very different problem-solving skill than what you've learned all the other times. So, I don't know. Like, it's... Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to really be good here and nice and trying to convince myself that, like, no, it's all right. There are all right things about it. It's just not my bag, not my cup of tea. And I, and the other part of it is I, I, I don't want to also be like, but it's, but Nintendo has given us something, uh, uh, and I, it has to be awesome because we have nothing else, and we're in a drought for Nintendo. So I need to tell you how amazing it is. I don't want to do that because I'd be lying to you. Um, and I think this, this, this relationship, this community is based on trust. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not digging it. I'm not jamming with it. And, and to be honest, Color Splash that I played years, years ago for the Wii U, I think I was at a time where I was like, Nintendo has given it something, so it has to be amazing. So I gotta tell you how much I love Color Splash. I think I was like, oh, it was alright. It was cute, you know, in hindsight. Um, but I never finished Color Splash. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I got far, I got, I got a couple worlds into it for sure. Back to Slurpee. I don't know. It's my hot take, folks. That is my hot take. And the other guys on the show are probably like, it's awesome, or it's good, or they like it. There's some challenges, uh, maybe. I don't know. But again, not every game needs to be for you. Right? Not every game needs to be for you. And it's possible that this game is not for me. And I have learned something very valuable. After two purchases of Paper Mario games, Maybe not my bag. Maybe not my bag. Folks, this has been a long Justin Jabbers. I have, I have provided you the hottest of hot takes, I think, over this episode. I appreciate you being on this journey with me, this, this road trip, right? I appreciate that indeed. Um, folks, I'm gonna wrap it up here. Um, you know, Thank you. Thank you so much for all your amazing, amazing support. Uh, our Patreon supporters, 
man, you guys are amazing. Our executive Patreon producers, I don't have the list in front of me again because I'm driving. It's not safe. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. You guys are amazing. Thank you to everyone that supports us over on Twitch, on YouTube, Twitch Prime subscriptions, retweets, everything. You guys are so, so amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, for myself, guys, for my road trip, who knows when I'll do another Justin Jabbers. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Nintendo Dads. Wobble Puffet? Wobble Buffet?